It's your boy Turned the Mic with the very important podcast Turned the Mic, and I'm here accompanied again, once again, with my boy Cam Beecham. I'm with my brother Shaq. I'm with Kay Kania, and uh, hopefully we don't have the dogs featured in this one. But we here once again with a uh, just a bull session. We just gonna talk, and one of the things we got is uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about our passion, purpose, opportunities, and um. Maybe a little bit of ethics in that too as well. But to start off, I'm saying this. Um, are all opportunities uh you know brought to you or do you are are opportunities created? Do you create your own opportunities or do they come, you know, do they just come as you're doing what you're doing? Anyone could answer. I would say it's a mixture of both. Uh, creating your own opportunities yourself can even open you up to different opportunities and another revenue that you ain't never thought of. Uh, and just taking opportunities. Opportunities, I would say, they don't really come to you unless you're looking for it. You got to be out, out there, like, really, like, just doing... Really, whatever you could be talking, and somebody just like your voice. Right. Somebody just say, "Hey, you ever thought about doing this?" Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying your friends could bring up ideas just off of like the way you act, things like that. So, so with you, you would say it's more of a mixture of you could go out and make your own opportunity or create an opportunity for you because you feel some type of way, or I feel like I want to do this. Let me go and. And, and put myself in a position to do so or put myself in a position to where a door might open up for me. Mm. But also uh, just doing what you're supposed to do or whatnot, an opportunity to just come out of out of just a blessing of someone else noticing there's something you, you have going for yourself or a potential that you have going for yourself. Exactly. I feel that. I feel like it could be a mindset uh, mindset too. Like if you just thinking positive in your life and you working better for yourself, things are going to come open to you. The universe is going to bless you with that opportunity. But if you're thinking like, man, my life sucks. I don't want to do nothing. I just want to chill out the crib and smoke and not do anything. Nothing's going to come your way. You're blocking your blessings that way. So with you is the perspective on like on how you move. So if you don't right. move with the intentions of even having an opportunity, no opportunity would come to you. Right. But if you go ahead and, you know, be like, hey, let me get, do something today. Let me step out. Let me go and see what's new. Because that's kind of with that passion joint and purpose. Some people don't even know their passion or purpose. And that could be because they just sitting around doing nothing or even going out and trying new things or, or yeah. Finding those opportunities. Right. And that ain't off your character, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you can A bad character can chase off those opportunities, bro. Like, like say, for instance, if I saw you in a classroom or out somewhere, I'm like, man, he look like the guy for this job. And mm-hmm. then I meet you, and your whole demeanor kind of changed, bro. You open your mouth, and you're not the person that you present to be. Right. That definition of character kind of hurt, bro, and you could that that could have been that one opportunity mm-hmm. 
to get you to where you've been wanting to get your whole life. So people closing their own doors yeah, to opportunities. Yeah, well. Man, so what what happens when you are out there trying to create an opportunity for yourself and a door is slammed in your own in your face, something that you truly are passionate about. You you know this is your purpose. You feel like this is your purpose. This is what you are called to do. But you get to that person that you feel like you're supposed to be in front of and they like, nah. And they really not even just say no, but even kinda almost attack like your you know, attack what you your purpose or passion like almost to like Hey, you're not even qualified for that. Or, wait, like, you have no experience here to even be doing this. So, like, what what, what, what do y'all feel about that? Like, when people get to a, a spot where... Have y'all ever had doors shut in y'all's face because of some other... Maybe, like, a preconceived notion or anything like that. Or just somebody just judging you based off of what they think or assume of you. Well, with your first question, I feel like that can be a starting block mm-hmm. where you thought that you were ready, but you're only taking the steps to prepare. Right. And so, and you probably didn't know that you needed that step that that closing the door kind of gave you. Yeah. Like for you to tell me that, oh, I'm missing this requirement or I need this skill. Bet. Okay, bet. Let me go attain that skill. But in the process of attaining, I'm not going to get down on myself. Right. Because the moment... You start to stop being your number one fan, it's hard to continue to move on. It's hard to, like, move on and just be cool. So what if it's just a no with no explanation, just like, nah, (laughs) not you, no. (laughs) Or just like, no, not even not you, but just no. I would say it's just, it's not just one way to do something. It's always going to be somebody else. Always going to be another revenue or avenue that you go down. Uh, if one person says no, I'm pretty sure if you keep asking or keep going, somebody's eventually going to say yes. That remind me of the time where guys was at uh, at the school, at the campus, trying to do their recording and stuff, like for the basketball team. Man, we got, we held meetings with the top, top guns. I'm feeling like I'm the man talking to these people like, oh, we got a meeting with these folks? Okay. Yeah. Get there. Days, days later, nah. Hmm? What you mean? We came up with the we came up with the plan, the blueprint. We got the you know what I mean. All we asking is for approval to to do so, and y'all just know. And that was with us trying to record and just promote the basketball team as old you know what I mean as alumni players. And doors was shut in our face, but you right, yeah. We had to create for ourselves. I go out there with a. A cracked screen iPhone <laughs> recording. I'm looking at pictures of people recording me. What I'm doing, I'm looking like a straight goofball. But you know me, I'm having fun. I'm I'm having I'm, I'm feeling good. But like holding interviews and stuff, and the opportunity just was shut in my face. But then looking again, you know what I mean. I still created an opportunity that genuinely led to. Opportunities for my brothers, opportunities for myself with the podcast. I already had the podcast going, but it added content to the podcast. So I agree with you on that, Shaq. And but even now, you could you really influenced 
the way UMHB goes with their videos as far as basketball. I would say so. I ain't going to take the credit, but... No, I'm going <laughs> to no, say it because it, it has to be said. It's like now you can see them really take out the time to really get their basketball team, like, noticed. That and... But even at that time, like, when y'all was there, like, when we was all mm-hmm. part of that athletic department... Our leader was an asshole. <laughs> That's true. Dewey's was a dick. <laughs> so, because, like, because, okay, so I had to, I guess I saw, like, bas- college basketball players different, bro. I was like, yeah. bro, I knew football players was dicks. I knew on any level. Yeah. Because I played football. Right. But basketball, you don't really know about them, bro, because they quiet and laid back. Yeah. But sometimes y'all come off as... The notions of being dick. <laughs> <laughs> and people told me it was because, like, really, we just stayed together. Yeah, bro. It's, it's only, like, it's less than 20 of y'all. So y'all just tight. We was yeah, tight. We not, tight. We not and and it's, it's, the, the, the di- dynamic we had, it was we were all literally brothers. Yeah. And so y'all have that really opportunity to be brothers with everybody. But... At that one point, all y'all niggas from Colleen, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I definitely remember going through, like, the roster and doing videos and all y'all from the Saints. Uh-huh. So, it's like, that's why y'all friends. But in football, bro, like, y'all got, like, or that's why y'all, like, 15 people. Y'all football got, like, 15 linemen. <laughs> y'all got 400 people. <laughs> I'm going to be friends with just these 15 people, bro. Like, yeah. Like, we, it's hard for us to be clicked up like that, bro. So, yeah, it's kind of, but we definitely want to give y'all y'all exposure. Y'all lit. Because the thing with football, bro, y'all got people that's there. Y'all got people that y'all recruited to come in. Y'all got people that really just wanted to come and try. And then y'all got people that's been there, either got kicked off or quit, and it's still there. <laughs> but also they had the, the fan base. Like, they had just... Diehard football fans. Fans. Uh-huh. We had to build a, a a liking for the basketball team or the UMHB basketball standard. But but what even what I don't like is like y'all go to football games and have to work. Mm-hmm. But when when I was on when I was with football, we was going to games to get like points in our off season. Mm-hmm. Like so, we was on teams in off season mm-hmm. six teams. And they'll put in a group message, hey, meet up at the basketball game, take a picture, you can leave if you want after that. What? Dang. <laughs> That's why these drama yeah, We were serving that. y'all, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, I remember seeing y'all niggas on Saturday with the yellow jackets on, bro. Y'all. I used to have a great time. <laughs> Top flight right. security, man. You ain't <laughs> getting through this, though. You're not. Without yeah. no ticket. And yeah, if I'm bro. raising that field goal post, I'm raising it fast. <laughs> so, and, and so, like, the school... Y'all was really, y'all really went to the nat. Y'all really went to like the national championship and winning shit. Really before football got to the natty. Yeah, they was. And they told me that on my recruiting trip, like y'all went to like the final four in Georgia. Like I remember that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things I remember. It's like, and then you come to basketball. You come to a game and no one there. No one there. Oh, empty ball. <laughs> and all you got is that dude that be yelling. Then, Bruh, and definitely. put your hands up. Yeah, hands and, up. And you be, ah, Bro, you know, that's bro. my boy. Literally. <laughs> special all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. He'll direct the uh, band. Yeah, facts. 
That literally lit. our fans. He retired play. and then came back and then retired again. That was, <laughs> that was dope. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't never seen nobody do that. That shit funny. <laughs> our fans really consisted of like parents, people who like were just fans of the school because we had that family that always showed up uh, that sat behind the bench. And then it was like students, the other teams, girls team or whatever. And that was pretty much it. Bro. Yeah. And, and bro, that's what that's what it was like, bro. You like they only here because these females only here because I know they fuck with these niggas on the team. Facts. And then they be like, "Hey, basketball throwing a party." Yeah. <laughs> and then you be like, "Where's that?" Oh no, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We did. We, we made did. sure. I mean, we was the ones doing it, so like we wasn't. That was one thing because we just felt like the dynamic was different. Like football had a joint. You know what I mean? It would be solid. You know what I mean? We we used to hop up in the football joints, but when we had ours, it wasn't like she you know, empty like, but it be chilling. Nah, yeah, ours was yeah. was, our ragers. was ragers. For, Like, bro, it be crazy because no, no, and nobody just knew it. football. Nobody, did, that was our strict. I mean, that was strictly what we would say. No Do not freshman invite football. freshman football because that's who would show up. That's as freshman. Like, that was even crazy. The one party I seen y'all at the last time yeah. with the juice. This nigga said. Damn, you ain't never been in one of my functions. No, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we used to. Yeah, we used to, we used to throw the rages. And, and it was like the dynamic was just like basketball, whoever they invited. And then some people would like bring like little strang- uh, stranglers or whatever. Yeah. Nah, little I'm, stragglers. I think I only went to one basketball party, bro. And it was back when Tron was here, bro. Uh, that, uh, that was the secret, probably. <laughs> bro, because that one, because. Y'all gonna have that one, and then like a few weeks later, y'all gonna have a pajama party. That had to be DC. Yeah, it had to be DC. Definitely DC, cause DC was outside. Like you gotta take a shot to come in. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, drinking facts. at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but looking back on it, I definitely probably would have had to fuck. Hey, <laughs> but going back to the the opportunities, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I like you said, they now they do it. I went to the games. I see this the. The same thing I was trying to do, I wasn't allowed to be on the court. You know what I mean? I had literally had to be in the stands recording and uh, walking around and doing my own thing, turning up or whatnot. But now I see that it's changed. So, like, when you see people gain that same opportunity, like, how do you move forward? Like, do people... For me, I took it as like, ooh, yeah, that's dope. You know, I'm glad that they're able to do that now and get some exposure. But, you know, how do you move forward and build on top of something else whenever, like, the the same door that was closed for you was open for somebody else? And, that, and maybe even with more, you know, more handouts, like cameras given to them and a badge to say that they was, they that that's what they supposed to do and... You know, walking on the court, recording and doing stuff like that. So, like, how do you, how do you change? Like, how do you, how do you move forward from that type of seeing something like that and just be like, man, I wasn't even allowed that opportunity or that privilege to even be to say, I'm doing this for UMHB, or doing this for them, the same people that was doing the opportunity that that's close the opportunity. Some reason Matrix popped in my head. Matrix, like yes. what? Neo. Uh-huh. And I feel like when that happens, you in the right building, you just knocked on the wrong door. 
mm. even to feed off that. Maybe you were told no to give them time to think about it. Right. And so, like, they never what what you whatever you was proposing, they ain't never had that. It was hand. fresh. They're like, whoa. So they're like, hold on. <laughs> give me a minute. They yeah. probably went back, looked at the videos, and was like, okay, we can we can make this work. <laughs> but you wasn't around. Yeah. I wasn't. I was long gone and done with them. <laughs> so they were like, shit, so doing my own get, team. Yeah, man. You're in the right spot. Just... So with that, I was really, I would say, <clears throat> I was passionate about that. Like, how would y'all say, you know, some people don't really find what they're passionate about. Like, what, what could possibly help them? Besides, I know we, we mentioned, like, getting out and and actually doing something. But, like, what could they do? Like, what could they actually get out and do <laughs> to find their passion or their, or what they should be doing at that moment? Because what you're passionate about at some time is not always your purpose. But it could just be, like, what you're passionate about right there to get you moving towards your purpose. You know what I mean? Do something. <clears throat> do something you say you wouldn't have done. Never like you said you would never do. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I, I was an asshole. I'm an asshole still. And my first job was working with kids. Sixth grade, all the way down, like three year olds. Right. Couldn't stand kids. Could didn't have the patience. But I mean, I'm 18 and I needed a job. You told me eight dollars an hour. Bet I'd be home by six thirty. But I look, yeah, bet I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> After what three four months, I was like, "Dang, I kind of like these little niggas." <laughs> like, but so I I I was like, "Man, I'm never going into teaching or anything." Yeah. But now here I am thinking about let me get my teacher certificate. I've been looking into mm-hmm. it because at the end of the year, beginning of next year, after uh, my boy Jim wedding, I'm moving to Kansas. Jim getting married, bro. <laughs> Jim Brown. That's crazy, bro. I remember Jim used to never come to class. Because <laughs> he be with her. My boy used to literally, we used to walk in test day, bro. The same time late. <laughs> Walking in, talking about, hey, bro, you gonna pass this one? Nah. Oh, it's crazy. I know, me neither. We live together, bro. <laughs> so, I know. Nigga be late to class, but I be early. <laughs> but that nigga had a class before me. That'd be, that'd be my first class. That'd be like his second. So he started early. Man. But nah, my nigga, getting ready. You about to get ready. Yes, sir. That's crazy, man. Yeah. But nah, like, now I actually want to teach, bro. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to coach, like, Little League and stuff like that, but... My pa- that was my passion. My passion changed. And now my passion is to, like, kind of deal with kids and be with kids and educate outside of being sport management. And then hopefully, hopefully that leads me to being a great father. Like, I want to be that pops where the kids know they can kick it at my crib. Right. Like, my house is open. Safe space. Yeah, so, like, man, you can come over and whatever your parents say you can't do at home or you don't feel comfortable doing at home. You can do it here, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to help you clean yourself up and be right. So by the time you get home, you can be lit. Man, they won't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all feel about that with the passion or finding finding your passion or 
finding a new passion because I know sometimes some passions get old. You know what I mean? Like, man, I'm not feeling this no more. Like right now, I was passionate about working at, you know what I mean, my job. It could do a cleanup. But at some point, it's like, man, this passion for, you know, doing this in this schedule right now is kind of dying to me. And I feel like I could be doing something else. So, like, help me out. Like, what <laughs> What do I do? Do I just start looking for new jobs everywhere? Or like, how, how? Yeah, I say try everything out, honestly. Because what if you try something out, like you said, something you never would think to do, and then, boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. You love it. Like, for me, whenever I applied to that real estate job, it was like, yeah, I kind of want to do it. I got an interview, but I didn't get the job from the interview. Mm-hmm. But I put out a request, like I texted her saying, do you know anybody who needs a personal assistant? Right. Then I got my job. Wow. So it was like, you have to put yourself in those positions to have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, ask them questions too, like, I just, you, you knew you wanted to be in real estate, right? Right. But you just had to get a foot in there some right. way. I was kind of scared a little bit, you know, timid to test the waters because it's like, I'm straight out of college, decided I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Now it's like, I feel like any move that I make, I might explode. Like, it might be a, a mine in the ground. Oh, yeah. And it explodes in my face. Right. And then I'm stuck in a situation I never wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was either I'm going forward or I'm going to go stay backwards. Yeah. So I choose to go forward. That's what's so. Even in, when you said you were stuck in the ground, like, how did you cope? Because, you know, you, when you're stuck, you're going to yeah. have a lot of bad days. Yeah, definitely bad days, especially while you're in quarantine, yeah. straight from college, and now you got to stay with your parents with their rules. It's like, I honestly felt like I wasn't going to be okay. But it was, you just really had to sit there and talk to yourself in that moment. It's like, you know your fears. You know the things that you don't want to come you have the power to change your future. And I really had to be self-aware and take care of myself in that moment. And when did you, when did you graduate? Uh, I graduated in 19. 19, so, so you, so yeah, you was coming out of graduation and then quarantine, like the world just started changing. Right. So did you get that post-graduation depression? So I graduated high school in 19. I did one year of college and then dropped out. So I felt like just having that taste of freedom and then it being snatched away, that was the biggest, like, I felt like I was on the down spiral from that moment on. But I don't know. I honestly want to say my family, just having them there and being able to express myself in a way and us be on the same page about a lot of things really helped me overcome some things because if everything was going south I don't know what I would have done to be honest Mm. you said self-awareness and I think that's that's something me and you was talking about on the uh, me and Cam was talking about on the uh, last podcast we did just knowing like knowing yourself what you like what you want what you, you know, what your desires is, what what you really don't desire to be a part of or want to be around is is very important in moving forward in, in, in your growth. 
like as a person so like do you do you feel like you know we talked about family as well do you feel like that's what people should be doing even if they don't have family find like someone that's been there before to kind of or that's a, a listening ear has some type of wisdom that's there to kind of guide you through those experiences or those da- those valleys that you go through how important is that how, how important was that to you because you you spoke on like the family helping but how important was that for you i feel like and helping find yourself me and my family like my immediate household has always been close to each other mm-hmm. off of graduation had some things go down so it was like we were even more like a team at that point yeah so i feel like having just in general a team of people in your corner don't matter if you love related or not that that's your foundation those are the people they come to you for advice and you come to them and y'all feed off of each other and just make it greater as a whole right i agree because that's where i've been getting most of my strength from and and wisdom and just you know just going back to my family, especially when I feel something, or even going to my mentor, my Mister Mr. Lee, even all the times I don't be feeling like dealing with him, but just asking, you know, like asking those questions, and even when I'm on. We're back with the very important podcast. We was interrupted by my mama, my precious mama, beautiful mama, but it's all right. But yeah, like I was saying, going back to my peoples and just getting their advice and that's where I found like the best confirmation on what I needed to do moving forward but I feel like with that situation I also think about the family that I want to have the future I want to have and the example that I want to make for my kids like never stop pushing yourself and I can't say that as a parent and then they look at me and they're like well, mom, you look stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look hurt. You look whatever, which I mean, there's going to be days that that happens or whatever, but I want my kids to look at me as a role model, mm-hmm. a strong black woman in society. Never take no for an answer. Right. Keep pushing. Right. And that's powerful because people need to hear that, you know? Like, what do you want from your, for your future? Like, we live in so much in the the right now and you know what I mean that's good because you got to take it day by day but also there's going to be a time of day where <laughs> you're not in the same position you are right now you might have little ones you might have more people that look up to you you might have uh, business and employees that are counting on you to make make things work so yeah that's important because if you don't got no vision for yourself how can you you know, how can you even have anything to move towards? Right. And even if that's not even a passion right now or a purpose, your purpose, I feel like if you got vision, you can start moving and taking those steps to get towards something that you are passionate about. Right. And man, so I never even thought of that, just having a vision and just using that vision to motivate you. Like, I want to be this. There's something everybody want to be. I want to be wealthy. Right. What you doing today? To make yourself wealthy, you over there, you know, spending all your money, and then on top of that, not getting jobs, not finding multiple ways to revenue, you're not stacking no cheese. You talking about generational wealth? You're not putting no money aside or investing no bread. So like, having that vision, I, that that's that's good to keep you uh, 
moving forward and, and kind of get your your feet moving. Because we think about ourselves and think about the now. You are going to have many of us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're going to have children in the future. Facts. Well, for me, I think a lot about that. Yes. I would say I think a lot about that. You know, just how much bread I might have to have in my pocket to even, like, really support another living human being. Like, that's going to be, they're going to be relying on me to feed them, put shelter over their heads, like, make sure they, they health is all right, make sure all types of things is okay. Like, I have to really pay attention to this newborn baby all the way till they get really parents think about you all the way till you till they die so like just thinking about that it's like man I gotta put myself in the position to even support that moving forward you're right about that cause bro cause not to even take away from the mother but the father sometimes like the father it's kinda hard to see your father break down yeah, mm-hmm. like, like we all grew up with our dads in the house. How many times have you actually seen your dad be weak? Mm-hmm. And the one time I actually, I didn't get to see my dad be weak, but my seventh grade, I never forget. Uh, it was the it was the day of the tax test. Mm-hmm. But prior to it, I was on punishment, so I didn't have my phone. Yeah, my mom wakes me up at like six o'clock in the morning. Turns on my light and throw my phone on my chest like at my door and just throw it on me so that's how I wake up and she says uh hey I gotta go I gotta take your dad to the hospital he can't breathe and you're like what mm-hmm. my daddy can't breathe like what like like what you mean like mm-hmm. like huh like that's that's crazy because my dad not supposed to be not breathing bro my, like my dad's supposed to he's always supposed to be healthy bro he needs to be like he needs to be my dad he needs to be my father and mm-hmm. it's like now right now he's vulnerable yeah and now I gotta go take a, a standardized test to go to the next grade yeah, while my dad's sitting in the hospital and I can't have my phone and I don't know what's going on yeah so and text test I don't know if y'all I don't, I'm, yeah we did that y'all did that like for sure yeah, I'm saying, I, don't know, I don't know how much older I was, but, <clears throat> you know, you in the classroom all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No phone. Regardless if you finish that. <laughs> 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 so it's like. Mind, like there's so many scenarios. Bro, what, so like, so just imagine a 12-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid thinking like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. if something happened, am I going to get that call? Like, I get to school and my teacher is saying. We like your mom called. We've heard the principal talking to me like, "Hey, you good? You gonna be straight? Do you want to take this after school?" It's like, no, just let me get this over with. So like, when that bell ring, I can leave. And to know that like, to know that my father is laying in the bed, you not know what's going on. That it was scary, bro. Yeah. And it's like, cause I still need him. Mm-hmm. I still I still need to grow. Like, yeah. I can't drive. You know I. There, I don't know nothing. Yeah. Like, like I, it would be here, please. Yeah. And I feel like with that same fear, I want if something ever happens to me, I want my kids to have that same fear that, like, 
my dad is a provider. Like, he, I need him. Like, mm-hmm. I need him here. Like, I tell my parents all the time, you can't die, bro, because you die and be pissed. Like, mm-hmm. there's stuff I need you to see. Yeah. And I need my kids to be just as passionate about that. Fact. So, that's my passion. Man. Is to have them like that. Man, that's powerful. Man. How's your father right now? You good? Yeah, he good. But that, like, like I said, that happened when I was 13. Yeah. I'm 24. Man. So, he good. Like, even with COVID, he, I can't remember if he got it or what, but I know he had to quarantine and he was straight. Man, that's a blessing, bro. That's a big blessing, man. Man, you got some more of that shit? Yeah, I would say my passion just came from just doing what I did growing up. Just playing basketball. Like, I'm very passionate about being a coach. Only because, like, I want to give kids the opportunity that I didn't really take too serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, I took hoop serious, of course, but... I know I could have did so much more to put myself at a whole different, you know what I'm saying, in a whole different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But, like, really, my dad really was never able to really hope with me at the time. So that really affected, I guess, how, like, you know what I'm saying, I'm just going out there trying to do what coaches are telling me. I'm robotic. Like, I'm doing exactly what they're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not really – Growing, yeah, I'm growing in the basics, but ain't nothing else going into it. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't realize that until it was really too late. Really not too late, but it was just already a a, a mindset put in me that, all right, I just got to do what the coach say and move on with it. Like, don't matter what he say, I'm going to just do that joint. You need know somebody to teach you that sauce. Facts. Yeah, I didn't really have nobody to teach me that sauce. Yeah, but I, I would say the same because my people, you know my people, my dad don't do no basketball. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> He'd tell you get down and do some push-ups or something, but he don't do no basketball. My mom used to play. She'd tell you about the stories and she threw her glasses. And she used to shoot free throw with no glasses on. <laughs> but, but, yeah, my mom used to hoop a little bit, but... From there on, like, it wasn't my people's there, you know what I mean? Because I find, like, looking at some of my peers and stuff that had their peoples that was, like, football, you know, their dad was very involved or, they, you know, football, basketball, whatever, the track, they had some type of selfishness, you know what I mean? Like, I got to get mine. Mm-hmm. I never had that, you know what no. I mean? I never had that, that position where I was like, ooh, let me do this to make myself stick out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if I had that... The player I am today is way... I, I could go back to anybody that's seen me play all my years and they'd be like, whoa, Fact. I never thought you would be that because I had to build the self-confidence afterwards when I was, you know, on my own doing my thing with my boys. But, yeah, I was the same one. Coachable, you know, you could teach me. they always be like, I like Mike because he do this. But in the same instance, you ain't going to put me in the game when the game down... When we when it's two minutes, five minutes left in the game, and we need a bucket, you know what right. I mean? We need buckets, cause I'm just gonna do what what the coach told me in practice. That's a fundamental. Grab that rebound, pass it to the next Guard. person. You know what I mean? And everybody, Mike, 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 Mike. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so and then I'm passing the ball, but yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's crazy, cause I really had the opposite. Cause like my dad was my coach at one point. Mm-hmm. 
So I had that transition. Yeah. But my dad was my little brother's coach. Yeah. So sometimes you'd be in the stands and I, cause I hoop for a little bit and you hear him. That's when I can hear him. And it's like, nah, that's the, so I had to change my sport. Yeah. And simply because my dad, cause my dad was a hooper, but he played, he played football and basketball, but hooping was like his passion. His bro. Thing. He was a shooter. Yeah. I'm big, bro. That's not why that, that seems cool, <laughs> but when you get bigger, it's harder to run. So it's like, yeah. I need something more, more steady, more stagnant. And that was football. Mm-hmm. And football, when you play in the trenches, you can't hear nobody. Nobody. All you hear is hut. So it's like, <clears throat> <laughs> that's all you hear. So like, ha- having having a dad that was like super active like that, it was cool until you could hear him. Mm. So I, for me, I had to go play football so I couldn't hear nobody. Mm. Like, sometimes you hardly heard the whistle. So it was just, like, being in that situation kind of molded me into the player where, like, even with football, my dad helped me, but I was I was more arrogant. I had to be humble. Right. And, like, I had to I had to get hit in the mouth for me to realize, like, whoa, okay, hold on. There are people better than me. Yeah. And that, that kind of got me to, like, how I am now. Mm. Like, let me look at both sides because I know my thought process is this. Let me look at how they coming. Because I don't want to be necessarily considered the ignorant one. Right. And that goes back to being ignorantly uh, losing my opportunities. Mm. So I don't I, that I don't want to be there, like in that situation. Right. Whew. I ain't never thought of that, bro. Because I used to think everybody that had their peoples right there was just like, that was like they tool to get them, you know what I mean? To get them that little edge. And, like, to be able to be, like, you know what I mean, seeing. I guess that's just what I wanted, you know what I mean? My pop to come down and be like, hey, go right here, you know what I mean? No, don't pass that. Go ahead and shoot that. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I was looking for because I felt like those guys that was getting that was getting the PT, was getting the burn, you know what I mean, was was getting the buckets and was the, the star athletes. But I guess, I mean... I'm grateful for the way that I went, you know what I mean? Because right now, I would say I got some intangible things and aspects to my game that some people just can't. You, it's just not taught, you know what I mean? You just got to have. But, man, that's a different dynamic that I've never even thought of. And then it also goes to, like, like we talked about the economic class, too. Because mm-hmm. where I'm come from, a lot of them dudes who made it had the money. Yeah. Like... I know niggas like niggas in the NFL right now, James Prochet, and they was always living nice. Yeah. Or the Chris Ors, like his dad played in the league, now he in the league. Mm. And his brother coached in the league. And his other brother played in the league at one point, bro. So it's like they grew up like some some people around us grew up different, bro. Yeah. And and we literally went to Every the same school, bro. The same school did like, the same play thing. Play little league together. Mm-hmm. Play like we was at this school, West Middle School, freshman campus, the Southern High School, graduate together. But he he up there, bro. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. You didn't even think about that, bro. Man, parents could really make or break a kid's career. And. It really is really up to the kid to give into it too. You think so? Yeah, cause there's been multiple times like I know, Mike. You mentioned like you just wanted like 
a parent to be there and like tell you, hey, don't pass that, shoot that. Mm-hmm. Like being a player of the game, like knowing like, all right, if I make this pass, this is probably gonna be a bucket. Like over me just shooting, over me just chucking this joint up just because my dad said shoot that joint. You feel me? I feel and like I would do things like that, and then my pops would like really like be furious, like furious at me. Like and I'm like, yo, I'm just like, damn, I'm not gonna shoot every shot, my boy. Like, <laughs> like, let me let me live, bro. Like I'm doing, I'm doing my team needs needs right now. You yeah. feel me? And like. He done made me think about quitting like multiple times <laughs> in my career. Like really, bro. Middle school, almost quit. High school was, <laughs> high school was the like, the most I've ever wanted to quit. Because like he would, the crazy thing is, with high school. My freshman year, we was we was great. We got went undefeated JV. You know what I'm saying? We was good. When I got to varsity and I was like one of the younger bucks playing with OJ, Malik Hawkins, Big Freddie Soul, <laughs> and all these other top guys who already got their pull in the K and at their school. This is their school. I'm still I'm still trying to fit my way into this journey until I become that upperclassman that can say, hey, all right, I got some type of say so in this joint. But like sophomore season sucks. It got to the, yeah, it like it really got to the point where I was like, man, he stopped coming to the games. He stopped coming to the games in total. And then on top of that, my mom couldn't even necessarily tell him how I did cuz I would have like a bunch of rebounds, like four points. But I'm a sophomore, bro, like I got people that on my team was averaging 30, 20, 18. Like, I'm going to fit in where I can get in. You right. feel me? So, like, it got to the point where even with him not coming to the games, I was still getting, like, like his his furious side when I got home because I just wasn't posting the stats. And I'm like, shit, am I really doing something that – I should be doing like because it's just pissing him off he's here asking me like are you serious about basketball <laughs> do, you even, do you even like I done poured so much money into it just let me know if I if I need to stop I'm like damn like hearing that as a kid you like yeah man bro am I really doing like should Enough. I do something else mm-hmm. like and I, it just got to the point where I was like man I'm gonna just do what I gotta do graduate out of high school and get as far away from this place as I can. <laughs> and that's exactly what I really did. Like I just I just tried to get away in that. And I really would say like me focusing on that more than focusing on like trying to get better because like that joint was bringing me down and I wasn't sometimes I miss practice because I gotta take care of animals. <laughs> sometimes I'm I'm coming in late, like just cause I'm tired. Like, I'm really like emotionally and mentally just tired of everything that's going on. And having Alberto Jones as a coach was yeah, it really it pretty intense. Yeah, it was really a tough time for me. But I would say like 
I just never really gave into it. I just, just tried to leave my situation. Like I tried to put myself in a position to leave and get far away so that I didn't have to deal with that. Like if I don't feel like talking to you, I don't have to call you and I don't have to necessarily answer the phone. So it was more like, all right, I don't have to see you every day. Now you could say what you want when the stats posts for college now, but I necessarily don't care what you're saying as long as we're getting dubs. To me, that sounds like uh, like what we we all kind of said something like we believed something at the at the time of that younger age. It was like I read something in a book, and it's like breaking the old beliefs and like the old belief systems that we had, and that's usually because we have like the beliefs that people put on us growing up. Like me, you know, I mean, I believe that. You know, you were supposed to be that person to get the bucket. You know what I mean? You got to get a bucket. And, and just like other things, like believe that you're supposed to be this type of person when you're playing this sport or or be this type of person when you're looking for a career. Or, you know, just like the old beliefs, like you got to talk to these people this way. And so that's why, like when we break those old beliefs, I feel like we we start building our own belief system. You know what I mean? You getting away from your peoples was able for, you was able to, you know, start building your own belief. Okay, you know what? This is what my team, you know, needs. And we're winning, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's that's something that is important because we do have all those things that people put on us like, oh, you're not good enough to do this, but maybe I'm just not good enough right now. Or I'm developing, but it just wasn't set in the right way, and it makes us start believing that we're not, you know, qualified for that for that spot or uh, or whatnot. But so, yeah, breaking old beliefs and, like, start building our own. It's like, I am good enough to do this. I, I can still be, uh, you know what I mean? You still made it to college and played. And, and on scholarship, you know what I mean, and with what you was what you believe was right, making the extra pass or Facts. and uh, grabbing those boards, and what what now, when you get to that higher level, that's what coaches wanted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that hard gritty person. So like, I do think like that's a that's a big factor breaking the beliefs. Even like if your parents had you in that 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 position or in that situation where you believe like even. You got to break some of the things your parents told you, you know what I mean, to to build and grow on yourself and then look back at it and be like, okay, they helped me, you know what I mean, or they was a, a stepping stone for me to be like, hey, I am worth this, or you know what I mean, if y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like y'all, with y'all basketball upbringing, bro, uh, it kind of molded y'all character because... With basketball, you can kind of be the player you want to be. And with football, you got to be the player you need to be. Mm. Like, you know, like you said, going the extra pass. If you know, if you know, hey, if you get the ball, you're going to score. Mm-hmm. You know, all through high school, you had that belief. But, you know, you got into somebody else's system where it's like, no, that's not your role. Facts. No, I need you. I need Are you going to be able to play this role? And go out of your go get out your comfort zone bro mm-hmm. so like at one point you could have been a shooter it's like no nah, I don't need you I don't need you to be a shooter now I need you to go dunk I need you to drive yeah. draw some fouls you know but with football it's like your character is more built on like like a 
team. It's like you, because you're so dependent on everybody else now, mm-hmm. or your role. Everybody's role is different. Yeah. Because you can get so tunnel vision, bro. Like, there's times where in, during the play, there's nobody in front of me. So, so most people take that. If there's nobody in front of me, I'm just kind of going with the motion. Yeah. And as a player, then you gonna look at yourself like, do I want to go through the motion or do I want to, you know, check my read and then go to the next level and hit the and hit him. Mm-hmm. And most people won't make that won't make that jump because they don't feel like they have to. Yeah. Especially if the play successful, you know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that running back, if he hit this gap, it's over. Yeah. Or if he if he run a slant or the post, you know. It's over, but we good, you know. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody else that you're like, no, don't worry, they got it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with us, we have to <clears throat> we have to really test our character. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let me. Do I really want to make the next step when I don't have to? Mm-hmm. Like we and we it was crazy because at one point we would get robbed. Like hey, if you cut a safety, I I buy you a piece. Mm. You know how far back a safety play? Yes, I do. Yeah, far. And I play all the That's where I wanted to be. Playing the back. <laughs> that's, that's far. That's a lot of running. That's mm-hmm. a lot of extra running, bro. So it's like, you know how many people I got to maneuver through or possible sightings that I'm going to see on the way to get that dude. So it's like, am I going to take that challenge or am I just going to let it go? Mm-hmm. And that just kind of molds the person that you're going to become, bro. Like, if you don't uh, nip that in the bud early, bro, it's gonna hurt you. Yeah. It's gonna hurt you when you get older, bro, and you not knowing what to do. Yeah. Okay, can you relate to any of that? Like breaking old beliefs or in like your perspective of life? Or experiences, it don't gotta be sports or anything, but like. Yeah, I feel like a lot of time, and just in my family in general, I feel like the lack of common sense is really evident. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like a lot of them just move in the motion. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, do people dirty, get money. Do people dirty, get money. Money, 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 money. All I care about is money. And it's like, no one cares to have the conversations. Right. No one cares to sit down and be like, let's start a family business. Let's start an empire. Because at that point, it's like, how much bread am I getting? Not what could this do for the next generation ahead of us because yeah. this might start a whole legacy for them and we just so arrogant in, in ourselves that it's just you miss it mm. you miss it all and I feel like I'm learning to just be my own person with that Right. like yeah I care about you know my bag and what I got going on but I don't let that consume me into being a horrible person right. into doing people dirty Mm-hmm. And to get in them in situations that I know was going to set them up to fail, but I get a check. Mm. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I feel like strong beliefs within yourself and just cutting yourself off as, yeah, you're my family and I love you, but I'm an individual right. at the end of the day. Because one day I'm going to move out. I'm going to have my own sets of bills. I'm going to have my own family. I'm going to have my own car note. And there's going to be a time where it's just like, we are family. We are not one mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Do you ever like try to find where the problem oh, yeah. started? Oh yeah. Like not saying like what went wrong or like did mm-hmm. they get in and do it. 
uh, or it's more of an aspect of do you talk to your parents? Right. Yeah, I talk and, to my parents, yeah. And so, with that being said, do you ask your parents how they feel about their parents? Mm-hmm. Their true beliefs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what you see, like, oh, man, my mama coming over. Or, hey, hey, mom, like, that's cool and all, but ask your parents how they truly feel about their parents. Wow. I feel like that is, at least for my situation, I know too much about how she feels about her mom. Yeah. I have felt the wrath of how they feel about yeah. each other. You know what I mean? Like, at first, it was an image of my nan and my mom, they have a problem. But then it got to a point where I knew every detail. I knew every sentence. I knew every conversation they had. Graduation, they argue when in front of my whole class, people I'm graduating with, seeing that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's where I sit back and I don't assume things about people. I definitely ask the questions. I definitely see both sides. I definitely get in deep and see both sides of the situation. And it's just like common sense is just... No one understands that she, yes, she's your mom, but she's an individual. Yes, she's my mom, but she's an individual. So I take everyone's feelings and emotions and how they feel about a situation, and I definitely process it. And that's where it's just like everything you're doing on this level is just unnecessary. Right. And I feel like sometimes it's kind of it's kind of hard to see that because your grandmother. Whether it's your mom's mom or your dad's mom, or even your grandfather, that's supposed to be your best friend. Right. Like, you know, everybody's supposed to love granny right. and, and grandpa, but the moment you see that your parents, or you see what your parents kind of go through, or you hear about what your parents kind of go through, it kind of distort, distort the image yeah. of them. Because me, I grew up, I, I, my mom had the brain tumor when I was four, so. My brother was just born, so me and him was separated. Mm-hmm. After a little bit after he was born, and so I lived with my grandparents. So everything that, like, you could have told me by my, my grandparents, I wouldn't have believed it. Like I was super happy with them. Yeah. Like they were my second parents. And as a kid, you know, they give you stuff and it looks good. Right. Like my granny was giving me ice cream every night. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. I was late to school every day. I lived in walking distance, but but as a kid, as a kid, you're not really you're not really worried about that. You're not really thinking that. And then the older you get, you be like, they were lazy. Like I remember, I had a science project due, and I was a freshman year of high school, and I asked my grandpa, like, hey, can you go get some ink for a printer? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I asked three, four days in a row. He never got. He never did it. Mm. It was like, bro, I just asked you to get up for about an hour. Not even that, bro, to give me some ink, bro. And I would have been out your hair. And now you look at it as a grown man, like, bro, were you really a good father? And then you ask your father how he felt about his father. Or you ask, I asked my dad how he felt about his mama. I didn't know. I didn't know he didn't like his mama. It's hard to hear. Yeah, and, then, and you hear what they go through. And it's like, dog, it kind of make you cringe. Like, yeah. like, oh, what, my granny? I thought you were this whole different person. Yeah. yeah. So now, like, or like when I go home, I when I first started going to college, every time I went home, I used to go stop by my granny house because it was her street, and now I go a little bit more down, 
uh, it was my street or my subdivision. Now I don't, I don't even go there. And mm -hmm. I talked to her yesterday. She's like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. I mean, I be around, I just don't stop by. Mm -hmm. Because I know how my dad felt about you. And I know, I know where he wanted to be. And if you would have pushed him harder enough, he would have been, he would have been there. Right. But you were so lazy as a parent. You know, you retired. You retired at an early age. You retired before you were 40. So now you have no 401k. Your husband retired way before he got Social Security. So it's like, what y'all doing for bread? I mean, they're pre, they're, granted, they're, they're, my grandpa has a church and he's a pastor, but it's like, you only getting money if niggas show up. Right. And if niggas don't show up, you're not getting paid. So it's like, where would where where would my life have been had you been a better had you been a better parent? Do you see any like forgiveness in that? Like, do do y'all see any forgiveness in those situations from your parents to their parents, or from you to your grandparents and or whatnot? So, so my family used to be super close, bro. And COVID, granted, we had COVID, which kind of made us not close mm -hmm. because of the situations but it's uh, it's also brought apart my family emotionally like I don't really care for them like I don't really care for them niggas mm -hmm. like if you're not my immediate family if you didn't grow up at 5 to 8 I don't really I don't really fuck with you and it's at the point where my grandparents have been on the news back in Dallas I don't know if y'all seen where they're like Dallas couple or something have battle cancer and COVID uh, through through the pandemic. Wow. And the crazy thing is, my granny never had cancer. Or I don't think she had cancer. It was like preventative measures. Or my grandpa had COVID. I mean, yeah, I was kind of sad because I know he, I knew he could die, but it was like, it's like, man, like, I don't really want to be known or associated with that. Right. Simply because of how I view y'all still, but I'm I'm blessed that y'all are still here. Mm -hmm. But leave me out of that. How big do y'all think it is to? Because I've heard situations where uh, I, don't, I don't think it directly correlates to what y'all what y'all went through. But you know, like situations where family members are, you know, just bringing you down. You know what I mean? Maybe emotionally, mentally, and. Maybe, like, you've been there to help and still, like, you get beat up or torn down, like, and then you maybe you're told, like, hey, that's your family, you know what I mean? You're supposed to take care of them, you're supposed to love them, but they just keep doing, doing they, they you know what I mean, they thing on you, like, how, like, is it, is it healthy or sh is it healthy to, you know, let them go or, like, let them kind of do what they do or is it, like, or should we just still be there and be like that person and be like, hey, what do you need? What do you need? Uh, I got you. What do you need? And still be like that one to initiate help. Or should you just, you know what I mean? Like help yourself and just be like, hey, you know what I mean? I'm done with this situation. Y'all got y'all got to do what y'all got to do and learn on y'all own. Because you can't save everybody. Right. Can't. I would say with Pops, it's only because like, like he's pops right now like I'm I'm not in a position where I could just 
necessarily not cut him off, but like this is myself and like kind of you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. do my own thing like necessary right now. I still need him, and right now with the way things are going, he still needs me. But mentally, I know when I can't do it anymore. It's just gonna get to that point where I just just cut off all things and let him just do what he gotta do. Mm-hmm. Like right now, even with the with the business, I tried to come up with like you know what I'm saying a quick little little plan. So if somebody was to come up there and say, "All right, hey, I don't want this. I want just this and this," then he can have a price set for that already. Like right. you know what I'm saying. So people not trying to hustle them or you know what I'm saying you get you get to talking about a price with this person about one thing and then another price about the same thing like you know what i'm saying just set your prices in and don't worry about it you know and uh, like he didn't take too lightly to it so like i just put in my mind like all right i can't necessarily like ditch him on the whole thing because he really loves this thing so i'm gonna just help where he needs it you know what I'm saying? Where he wants where it. Where he's welcoming yeah, help. Where he's welcoming the help. So necessarily just making the post was just all I needed to do. Like I didn't need to show up and do anything, but I chose to show up because it's his first time being out there in a long time. Right. But yeah, he don't want no help. So I'm you not You can't help someone that don't, don't want, want help. Right. Exactly. So I have learned that at a young time. age yeah. my because I was the one that used to be running. I used to run the, you know, grannies, you know, like you see an old maybe white lady back in the day. So drop some, you run. Oh, don't touch that. No. I'm, you know, I'm like, mom, what? I'm looking at my mom and she's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, people, you can't help people that don't want the help. Try to help someone across the street. Oh, I'm good. All right, you take it 10 minutes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, feel, I can feel that. See, I had to watch myself on that because I was helping selfishly mm. with the intent of, you know, getting a little something. And a reward. And that kind of that kind of set my mindset to, like, I'm not doing it if it don't benefit me. Mm. And that's where I became stubborn, bro, and I saw where I wasn't growing. Mm. So it's like now now that I kind of open my eyes to like helping people, reaching out to people and talking to people, it's like now I'm seeing God like move or there's more better days. Like yeah. even when bad stuff happens, you're still having a good day. Yeah. So it's like I had, I had to learn, man, because I would do stuff. I'll take a lady basket back because I know she probably going to give me a dollar. Like doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, or going like, no, nah, I'm not going to help because I know I'm not going to get nothing out of that. Yeah. So it's like, that. that's helping me as a man or taking opportunities where it's like, you know what, let me just volunteer mm-hmm. and see what opportunities that provides. That right. self-awareness is amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just to chime in on that, uh, like the like the Bible just does say, like the man that you know, the man I think it's one of the Proverbs, but like the man that tries to, you know, you know, let's say do good in the in the eyes of everybody, they already gain their reward right there. You know what I mean? 
So that's that's their reward, but really your reward should be just the generosity and the of your heart and the, the love of your heart to 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 serve someone and just do it in that type of mindset. I mean, I might paraphrase that a little bit, but it's kind of something like that. But also having like the right group of people, man. Or mm-hmm. Like like y'all said, the family. Sometimes family not always blood. Right. Like I got through quarantine with my roommates. Like uh, one of my roommates, his mom lived in Louisiana. The other one lives in East Texas, and my parents live in Dallas. Yeah. So it's like you can't be doing too much maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Doing thick, like the beginning of the quarantine, you couldn't move or you couldn't leave the county. Yeah. So it was crazy. And like like one of my favorite verses is uh, Proverbs 13, and I'm pretty sure it's 13 and 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Right. Because the companionship of fools brings harm. Mm-hmm. And that's true, bro. Like, you don't want to be with people who who mindsets are like where the hoes at or just doing something dumb bro you yeah. need to be with people who mindsets are about building who's about talking about your future yeah and like stuff like that where you see on social media where they say your friend group should look like that it's true like you shouldn't be looking how you were looking when you're 18 mm. your conversations with your friends shouldn't be the same when you're 18 like me and my friends now, we we didn't smoke in high school. We were at like we played football, man. We was getting drug tested like once every like two three months, so that was often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we like now we get together and smoke weed, but like now it's like the conversation's different. Mm-hmm. Now every now and then you bring up a memory, but now you kind of you kind of talking about like shit you got going now. Yeah, and building on. Yeah, like the memories are more recent now. Like yeah. the other day or last week, you went, you know. It's a total. It's a totally different dynamic. Yeah. When I was a child, I talked like a child. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's crazy, man. It is true. But anybody else on that topic of you know just letting letting people do what they you know what I mean do what they gotta do or helping, uh, especially when it comes to family. Like. I feel like your boundaries. When you set boundaries with people mm-hmm. and they continuously disrespect them, knowing the boundary, yeah. which is comes to the topic of you're going to have to say something. Like, hey, the way you treat me right now, I'm trying to offer you some help. You got to be real with them. Mm-hmm. If you ain't going to take my help, I can't help you at this point in time in my life. Yeah. If they take that and say, okay, you know what, I want your help you do it again then they do the same thing over again mm-hmm. you're like you just cross the boundary that I set and that's disrespect yeah. because you looked me in my eye and we came to an agreement yeah. so for that part it's like once again I'm an individual mm-hmm. and I'm only going to tolerate so much disrespect I don't care who it's from because my my body and my soul my mind I'm not going to let you disrupt my peace right. that I have going on Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to help you and you taking my kindness for weakness. Right. Man. Y'all got some good speaking points, man. For real. I don't really got too much. Y'all got something else on y'all heads? I just think I would kind of let the end it on like a little positive. But, uh, you know, as for y'all's 2021, I know we still early into the 2021 like how do y'all see this 2021 being uh better than uh y'all's former years do y'all got any visions for yourselves do y'all have like any plans that or any 
ideas that y'all want to start pushing forward for yourselves? Graduating college is going to be huge and just giving me a peace of mind moving forward and being able to focus on things I actually want to focus on. Right. Because right now it's just an added stress because I'm not really too interested in things that I'm necessarily studying. Mm. But once that door is open, <laughs> I walk through it and I shut that door on college. <laughs> I'll see a lot of dollar signs coming in because... Uh, I'm gonna take my time and work my way up through the through the ranks, but I'm gonna be a a championship, a multi championship uh, uh, coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna sign one of his players. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We gonna get him to the we gonna get him to the big leagues, bro. And I'm, I'm I'm gonna claim it right now. Yeah, I'm gonna claim it right now because it's gonna happen. It is for sure. Write it down for sure. Okay. Um, mine would probably be top seller on my team. Okay. By okay. the end of this year. Mm-hmm. On your own pen. That's what we say in life insurance. Did it on my own pen. <laughs> but that's what's up. I I pray for you and, 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 and for that abundance. See the green dollar signs. Ching ching. What's up, Cal? The Rev. <laughs> yes, sir. I think for me, man, I'm, I'm gonna, my situation I'm in gonna end right, uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like 2020, I'm gonna go in not by myself, but not on the team of twos, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm gonna really take 2021 to like, not get ready because I'm supposed to already be ready, mm-hmm. but just stay motivated. Okay. And 2022 is definitely going to be a time for just me. Because the quicker I can get off my team right now, <laughs> I'm definitely going to enjoy myself. And right. that's not like going crazy, but just yeah. enjoying my me time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to get rid of the old for the new. Yeah. But, hey, I'm with y'all, man. My vision is just to continue to love yes, and uh, keep growing in my kings in my kingship. And uh, building, you know, you know, being obedient to the Lord, man. And I'm just uh, grateful that y'all came out here on the podcast. You joined us, K and Shaq, the Rev Cam. And this is the very important podcast, Turned Up Mike, with your boy Turned Up Mike. And we out.